Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello. I don't know what happened to my intro just now. That was a little scary. I don't know if you all heard it, but boy, we'll have to get that fixed. Um, this is Sandy Weiner, and I am the Chief Love Officer of LastFirstDate.com. I am the relationship and communications coach for women over 40 who want to attract and sustain a loving, healthy relationship. Our show today features author Robin uh, Stran about, uh, and we're going to be talking about how an independent woman in midlife can find love without losing herself. As a dating coach, it is my mission to help women over 40 recognize the qualities of a good man and learn the relationship skills that it takes to make love last. Right now, I am in the process of teaching a communications course to these fabulous women who want to improve their communication skills because relationships do take skills and communication skills are at the foundation of making a relationship work. And today in my group coaching call, we had a special guest, Jane Pollock, who has been on the radio with me before, and she talked about nipping relationship issues in the bud. And one of the most important things is that you take care of yourself in relationships and you speak up about the things that bother you and and be very clear about the things that you need from the get-go, and that means not waiting six months or a year to speak up. It's amazing how many people are too afraid to say what they want and need, and so that's what I love helping women with because I struggled with this for most of my life and finally have the skills that it takes to help relationships succeed. So I would like to offer you, uh, if you don't yet have my free guide on the top three relationship uh, mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around to find love. Uh, It's a free guide that I have created for you, and you can grab a copy on my website. All you have to do is go to lastfirstdate.com, and there's a place to sign up right on my homepage because I want you to go on your last first date. Today's show is sponsored by audible.com. They are a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you like. You can be in your car. You can be exercising. Get your free audiobook and a free 30-day trial if you sign up at audibletrial.com forward slash lastfirstdate. That's audibletrial.com forward slash lastfirstdate. And now I'm going to introduce Robin. She is a writer whose poetry, fiction, and nonfiction have been published in local, regional, and national publications for over 30 years. She grew up dreaming of life as an author. She began her writing career as a reporter doing features. Her popular personality feature stories for the newspaper, coupled with her love of Mae Binchy novels, eventually led to her decision to write novels. She is the author of Manifesting Dreams and Designing Hearts. A third novel is in the works, 
and she is also a published poet and a professional artist. That's so cool because I'm also a professional artist. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you so much, Sandy. I'm so glad to be invited. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. What kind of artist are you? I'm just curious about that. I do pastels and watercolors, and my favorite things to paint are landscapes, particularly those in the British Isles. Mm, nice. I also love to do watercolors, but have not been doing them very much since I became a dating coach and focus all my energy into helping people. <laughs> With their dating life. <laughs> yes. So you, it's hard to focus on everything when you have lots of lots of talents and lots of interests. So let's talk about your dating life. So I think this what what I love about this topic is that at this age, um, women over forty are usually, you know, have worked very hard to be independent and um so we're gonna talk about the independence thing in a few minutes. But um, you know, that they're so afraid of giving up their independence and they don't want to compromise themselves for a man, mm-hmm. um, which is what I love about this topic. So um, you've been divorced for 10 years, is that? I've been divorced for 20 years. It's 20, 20? years this year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so tell us um, what's happened in your dating and love life, and especially in the last 10 years. I think when um, I first got divorced, I was a prolific dater. I had the most wonderful time. I dated two or three people at a time. You know, the world was my oyster. I just, I felt like a man magnet. And, you know, I had a really great time. As I got into my um, early 40s, I got a little tired of the dating, and I wanted to settle down more and, um, you know, have a relationship. But I also did not want to rush into anything I wanted at least three years of dating someone before making a decision to get married. And I I think that was what I told my daughters, and it certainly worked out well for my oldest daughter who's married. And and I feel like, uh, you know, that's what I want. I want to know that I can be friends with a man first and that we are truly compatible before we move into that um, higher level of commitment. Mm -hmm. So you started to slow down a bit in your dating. I slowed and, down, um, yeah. dated, you know, two or three people for, you know, several years, not at the same time, but, you know, uh, and actually what I thought was interesting was all three of those men are still my dear, dear friends. For one reason or another, um, we decided not to not to move on in our relationships, um, and, but we were friends. And so we've remained friendly, and, and, you know, to this day I could call them in a, you know, at any moment and ask their advice or, you know, laugh with them about something. So I certainly don't regret, you know, any of those relationships. I didn't start dating online till about 10 years ago, um, and I did it for a year, stopped for several years, and went back on and tried it again last year. Um, and I'm back off again, so... I have not dated for about a year. Okay. Um, so what was your online dating experience like? It doesn't sound very positive. It, it was not. And, you know, I think I am so cautious that I, I did all of the things you're supposed to do. I went through the questioning process. We had email, long email communications for a week or so before we even talked on the telephone. Um, 
and then we would meet for coffee or meet for a drink and, you know, make plans from there. I think that people are on their best behavior, women and men, um, in that early time of dating. And I don't think you really get the true essence of who somebody is until you've actually started to date them um, for a period of time. And I had, I ended up dating a guy who tried to hack into one of my accounts. Um, I dated a man who was not divorced. I dated a, one time, went out with him for coffee, a man who had said he was widowed, it had been a while, and he was ready to move on. It had been two weeks since his wife died. Mm. So, you know, not the best experiences, and, and they were, and actually the last one was so sad that, I was actually heartbroken for him, and I I thought, oh, I need a break here. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's true that people don't always reveal certainly the the many aspects of who they are mm-hmm. until you've known them, until they feel comfortable. Um, but it's interesting that the call that I was just talking about before that we had for my inner circle group coaching today, um, Jane had met her now boyfriend for the last three and a half years on Match.com. Mm-hmm. And it was the first guy that she dated who was exactly who he said he was going to be. <laughs> he was completely oh, so in tune with her, such a great listener. He wasn't talking about himself. Mm-hmm. He just was so different, and she wasn't used to it. Um, so these guys do exist. They are <laughs> out, there. out there. Yes, they are. <laughs> They're out there. So, and I think really the key is, in his case, um, and this is what I would encourage women to look for, is is um, he was confident. He mm-hmm. was unapologetic about who he was, you mm-hmm. know, and and, um, and he liked himself. And I think that, you know, often at this age we're dealing with people who have not worked through a lot of their stuff, and they bring it to the next relationship. So all that baggage can get really heavy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always consider it a wonderful thing, you know, on a first or second date to do less talking and more listening. And, mm. you know, when I hear when I hear a guy um, bad-mouthing his ex-wife or his ex-girlfriend, that is a real red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And it's, I used to, think it was impolite to interrupt them when they would be venomous like that and oh my god this was before I became a dating coach but I I used to sit and tolerate these conversations and hate every minute of it and I didn't know how to like politely say no thank you <laughs> you know this doesn't right. work for me um so I think that you know that that they're just they want a place to vent and we don't need to be that place um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you value yourself and you've done your work, it's like you just you want somebody who's healthy, who mm-hmm. you know, who's a good guy. So so who are you looking for? What kind of guy are you looking for? You know, I made a list at one point. And I think it's such a good idea to do this of all the important qualities I wanted. And I realized about a year later that I had never written down what he looked like, um, how much money he made, any of those material things. I really was looking for, you know, a man who was more spiritual, um, a man who was um, confident in himself, a man with a great sense of humor, because Mm -hmm. it's important to laugh. And I wanted a man who was secure in his um, 
career. Um, I didn't care whether I made more money or he made more money as long as he was financially responsible and loyal and trustworthy because I think those are the qualities that I absolutely must have. Um, If he's an artist, oh, that'd be great. If he's a musician, fabulous. If he's an attorney or a doctor or whatever it is, that's that's all great. I have dated a lot of different people. They all have wonderful qualities and wonderful things to offer, and I learn so much from them. So... Um, I think in the next person that that I date, I want somebody who is not at all threatened that uh, there are times when I'm on deadline that he's welcome to come over. I will make us a nice dinner or he can cook dinner, but he is going to have to sit and do something else while I finish a chapter. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Not all the time, but occasionally you have those times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I love that you made the list and I love that your list didn't include the externals because this is what we were talking about on the call today from my inner circle. It was the list, actually, this woman had made a list of over 30 things, and they were all, that I mean, like I would ne- normally say that's crazy, but he had them all because it was all about the qualities that you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. It's how mm-hmm. you connect. It's how he, you know, how he values you and how you value, how how each of you values yourselves. Those are Those are far more important than... Uh, you know, a paycheck, um, you know, exactly. somebody with confidence is somebody who has achieved something in his lifetime and, and is proud of it no matter what it is. And I tend and, to have uh, a, a yeah. very weird um, way of going after geeky men with a sense of humor. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can relate to that. I, I, by the way, my ex-husband was a comedian, and not everybody knows that. But he actually was a professional comedian. And I have always been kind of goofy. And um, we ended up writing together and working together on on TV shows and doing fun stuff. But it obviously was not enough um, to sustain the relationship because there were a lot of other things that were missing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one without the other doesn't cut it. But you can give thanks for what you, the good things that you did have with him, and that's when you know you're mm-hmm. ready to move on, when you can be thankful for what you had and what you've learned. And now you're saying, next, bring on the next exactly. better one. Yeah. yeah, the more compatible one, the one that you actually mm-hmm. can grow with, um, and that's, that's really important. So, um, so having a list is good because it, it keeps you really focused on what you want, and we don't get what we want in life pretty much unless we – really know what it is. Um, we probably miss it a lot, too. And That's and easy to do. Thing, it's very easy to do. I think many of us have overlooked good partners. We've overlooked good work opportunities because we weren't clear. Um, and we we didn't know what we were looking for, and we didn't recognize it. So having the list is important, making sure that the items on the list are not like, you know, height, weight, you know, mm-hmm. hair color, I, I, I spoke to a woman who said, I only date men with hair. I only date men who are tall, even though I'm like 5'2". I, and, and I want him to take care of me, even though I'm really wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to really be working together because those are all things that I would say, dump the list. You cannot have yeah. a list like this and expect uh-huh. to have a good relationship. So, yeah. um, so you know who it is. You know you would recognize him. And... Um, so how are you going to find him? 
You know, I have always had pretty good luck, actually, um, because I, I am very social when I go to a gathering or when I'm part of a class or an organization or through my um, spiritual studies. I've always I've always been fortunate to meet um, really, really nice men. Um, so I think I'm going to continue to do that. I've had um, good friends who have said, you know, I really think you'd like this guy, and, and that has worked out well. I remain forever positive about that. Good. And being social is so, so critical because a lot of people stay home. They never get out. They never extend, expand their social circles. And, and after a certain age, you have to really put the effort in. It doesn't just happen organically like it does in our 20s. So, and that's absolutely that's right. And, you know, I remember in my 20s and even in my early 30s, you go out with girlfriends, you go to a club or you go to a bar, you have a martini or a glass of wine and you meet people. Those are not necessarily the people that you want to be in a relationship with. Um, mm-hmm. So I, you know, I wouldn't even look there. I wouldn't go to a bar. I wouldn't do that. Um, but what I, I do think that I do find when I do find good men it's it's usually it's something where we both have an interest in that same topic because the friendship piece to me is just huge you need to be compatible with the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with and that includes those shared values and interests mhm yeah and so I totally agree with you and I think people often date looking with the focus on the wrong things like mm-hmm. they focus on shared activities. Um, I had a client, a potential client, who wanted a man who played golf. That was essential. He had to play golf. And I said, really? So, like, if he played golf with you and then one day he had a leg injury, he could never play again, you're going to divorce him? You're going to never see him again? I mean, Mm -hmm. if that's Mm -hmm. on your must-have list, I want you to write it again. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's a a nice-to-have. That's Uh a really nice thing to share with somebody. And, you know, there's also so many great stories about people who hated an activity or never thought they'd like it. And with the right person, they came to like it. So when you got that foundational stuff, anything's mm-hmm. possible, right? And right. But if you don't have it, it's it's not going to last. Another thing that I think is very important to me is that um, – he he needs to understand that I am a mother and a grandmother. And so while he certainly will play a very important role in my life, there are going to be those people forever and ever that are related by blood. And if he has children, all the better. If he has grandchildren, all the better. I welcome that. Just enfold them into the make it a bigger circle. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's good. These are your must-haves. And... You know, somebody who respects the fact that these are priorities in your life mm-hmm. and, and putting it out there. I mean, putting it out there right away that these are that the, these are people in your life who will take up time. Um, some people can handle it and some people can't. Um, what have you found in terms of the men that you've been with in terms of your children and grandchildren? Um, I actually decided that I really preferred having somebody who was a parent himself after mm-hmm. dating two people who really resented the time that I spent with my with my kids. And it's not like I'm with them every day. I see them for Sunday dinner usually. Mm-hmm. 
so you know that's not that's not over overkill by any means uh, but it was almost i think it was more of a jealousy factor and that becomes a real issue of control if someone resents the time you spend with your own children or your grandchildren if it's once or twice a week or whenever it is that's an issue of control that you have to be concerned about yeah i agree um and i think if if a good guy if he knows that you prioritize him, he knows he's important in your life mm-hmm. and he's confident in himself, he's going to be totally fine with everything else that you have, including spending time writing that chapter, you know, being with your children and your grandchildren. Um, it's important. I mean, I'm, I'm a grandmother too, and that's a huge part of my life. You know, I would drop everything in a minute to go help out my daughter and you know, spend time with my granddaughter. She mm-hmm. has shown up unannounced and I'm in the middle of work and I carve out time because it's important to me. So, yeah, I think I, I agree with you about the parent thing. I think that in my experience, too, that it's hard to be with someone who can't relate, who hasn't had that experience, even if they think they can. Yes. It's, it's uh-huh. a really hard thing. It does complicate matters as you get older. Let's put it that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, okay. Let's let's talk about um, so dating at this stage. We've we've mentioned a few things that are some concerns. So some are just the fact that you have a full life. You are a parent and a grandparent. You have a career that you love. Um, mm-hmm. What other concerns? about dating do you have at this stage? I think one of the things that um, is always a little shocking to me because um, although I write romance novels and I'm certainly um, a very romantic person, I think when somebody comes on too soon, too fast with the rush and begins to get um, very sexually aggressive, it's not classy. It turns me off. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So how do you handle it? Um, I generally will will say, you know, I um, I certainly look forward to something like that with the right person. I'm still getting to know you. When we're ready for that time, trust me, it'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's really exactly. all you can say. Um, mm-hmm. One one man was very vulgar um, on the first date we had. And I thought, this is not a man that I would take to a party, much less date again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that sexual thing, it's such an interesting difference between men and women that men are just like pushy, pushy, pushy about the sex. And I have talked to some really great guys who just thought you have to kind of like test drive, uh, you know, (laughs) test drive before. (laughs) Somebody, Somebody texted me this. Um, she's actually in part of the same group that we're in on, on Facebook, that a friend of hers got a message from a guy that said um, something like, oh, I I like to know if we're sexually compatible before we date, so if you're open to that, um, why don't we spend the night together, and, and then we'll decide if we want to date each other. And I was just yeah, like, just I call me never Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> right, Exactly. <laughs> That's a great name for for a a book. (laughs) Yeah, just call me Toyota. Toyota. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
But, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from, but there's no class involved. So it's like you, you can't, like, read the last page of the book before you read the beginning <laughs> of the book because it kind of ruins the whole story. I mean, some people like doing that, and we can use the book analogy because you're an author. And I think that that's what often people want to do. And women mm-hmm. do this a lot, too, in other ways. They want to know that there's an emotional connection and, you know, and, and we're going to be in a relationship before, mm-hmm. you know, before doing anything, before opening up. And so I think both men and women need to, like, really chill out a little bit. And, you know, I like the slow and steady that you talk about, that mm-hmm. you're developing. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like what we normally do in real life with friendships. We don't do you know usually we don't dive into friendships in five seconds we we build them we build mm-hmm. them with little little bits of connection that that mount over time and ways of people showing us that we can trust them and they can trust us and um there's a lot that that we know now that we didn't know in our earlier days about things that people do that can be hurtful and why would we dive in um yeah, I, I agree. You know, Sandy, the other thing that I think is an issue with me is that I'm a very kind person, and mm-hmm. I don't. Sometimes I don't want to date somebody right away because I don't know if it will work, and I do not want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. So, so that's um, where the friendship comes in, yeah. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing, and I, you know, guys have said that to me. At the very beginning, like the guy I recently dated said it on the second date, I, I don't want to hurt you. And um, I, it's, an, it's, it's, like a, like it's an interesting thing to look at. So the idea of, of that you're going to hurt somebody if you get to know them and spend too, too much time with them without really liking them, is that what you mean? I think it's that, you know, uh, when, I, when I date somebody... I don't think I've ever been dumped. I mean, truly, I don't. I really can't think I've ever been dumped, mm-hmm. and I fear dumping someone else because I, I don't, you know, I would never want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. I have had relationships that ended, but it was always a mutual thing, and there was always just a great deal of fondness and regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would never want someone to think that I did not value them as a human being just because mm-hmm. I didn't think we had enough in common to move forward in a relationship. Right. So so when you break up with somebody you wait until both of you are mutual? Has that always No, happened? I would I would say that one of the I, the main thing I do is that I just don't do a lot of dating until I get to know somebody, which is why I like to know them through other activities. And if mm-hmm. I think I like them well enough to date them to go out, then um, that's that makes it a little bit easier. And then I will date very slowly. I will not get into anything super fast. Um, there will be no talk of going steady for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that way, you know, if it's not going to work out, it's a lot less painful than dating somebody for, you know, months and months and months and then having to say, you know, I really don't see this working out between us, and you're, you've devastated them. Right. Although that is yeah. their issue, not yours, you know. But that's what I was going to say. It really mm-hmm. is. And mm-hmm. especially if you have talked about any concerns from the beginning, then I don't, you know, there's no blindside, you know, being blindsided. Right. There's no, you're not doing something to them to 
be cruel. Mm-hmm. You've actually, you know, tried your best to make something work, and when it didn't work anymore, you're out. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how I see it. I think, you know, whenever I've been in a relationship, I, I really want it to work, and when it's no longer working, I... I break up. You know, it's just it's you don't I don't want to hang out with somebody who's not good to be in a relationship with. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that they won't find someone else and you're actually freeing them to have the ability to go find that other special someone that's going to be better for them. Mhm. Absolutely. And I can say that for my ex-husband, he's much happier with the woman he's with than it makes perfect sense to me that he would be. Um, so um, tell us a little bit about your romance novels in the last few minutes of our show today okay. because I'm just wondering, it, are they based on anybody that you know? And no, um, like they're fiction. You, they they're are fiction. fiction. Okay. Um, actually, the one that was just released on June 1st is called Designing Hearts, and it's mm-hmm. the story of an interior designer who practices feng shui. And when her very famous, very handsome husband commits a very public indiscretion of their marital vows, um, she asks him to leave their home. And while she's beginning the process of recovering from this terrible heartbreak, she begins teaching this class um, on feng shui, and she helps nine other people with the things they want most in their lives, too. Um, so it's a story about new beginnings, it's a story about survival, and it's a story about um, basically, you know, having hope for the future, because there always is hope for the future. Mm, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This well, thank you. This is really wonderful. And um, people can find you at, just give out your at your email uh, uh, the the uh, one that you probably should use is the blog. It's um, S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N dot Camel Press, C-A-M-E-L-P-R-E-S-S dot com, Strand, Camel Press dot com. Great. Well, thank you, Robin, and uh, really appreciate you being on. Best of luck with everything that you're doing and oh, finding thank you. that wonderful man out there somewhere in in your social circles and in your everyday life and um, thank you all for listening today and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.